Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Talk Spicy. I'm Coach Gene Clemens. Thank you for joining me wherever you are joining me. Hit the show, comment, agree, disagree, but whatever you do, keep it spicy. You know, five-star ratings are appreciated. If you're joining me on the YouTube channel, if you're joining me on the Facebook channel, make sure you subscribe. Uh, We really do appreciate all of the support. It was a wild weekend. Um, it was a wild weekend. I buried my grandmother on Saturday. Well, I shouldn't say buried. We had the funeral service for my grandmother on Saturday. And it, it just, it, it's always interesting to me that it doesn't matter how prepared you are. You know, my if, for all of you to know, my grandmother passed um, a couple Fridays ago on the 11th. Um, and, you know, I was obviously not well. Um, I, I subsequently realized that, like, for the next couple of weeks, I was kind of in a fog. But I felt like I was coming out of it. I felt like I was in a good place. Um, but it's it's always crazy how it doesn't matter how prepared you are. Like, you know, you know what this is. It's still emotional. And you can't help but get emotional. Um not just emotional because you're sad about, you know, um, not no longer having that person that's special to you anymore, but also just you, you feed off the energy of others. And there's so many other people who are affected by, um, her loss who didn't have the time and the latitude that I've had to, to grieve and to and to deal and so they're doing that live and now you're experiencing that on top of the normal emotions that you would feel and you know it could be overwhelming and so man it was hard but you know it was good because it was able we were able to put a cap on that you know and and and, and say our goodbyes and people had an opportunity to say goodbye and that's always what you want um and so once again my my love goes out to my grandmother whom whom I know is in a better place right now um but that wasn't all the 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 NCAA um sweet 16 where was this weekend Thursday through Sunday and it was fantastic because as a Tar Heels fan I got to watch my Tar Heels make the Final Four. And yes, I said my Tar Heels. I don't care that I didn't go to the school or I didn't play for the school. All you snobs that do that out there, y'all can like, you know, KMA. I don't really care. It doesn't make you a better fan because you went to the school. Y'all realize that, right? You, You going to a school doesn't make you a better fan of the team it just means you had the ability to go to the school. And not everybody has that ability for whatever reason. It could be intelligence. It could be financial. It could be um, just they had other opportunities, other places that made more sense to them. But that doesn't mean they're not a fan of the team. Also, because now I'm on a rant and I don't even care. Also, if you're going to you know, admonish people for being a fan. 
of the team, but not a fan of the entire like athletics program, then you yourself, Mr. or Mrs. I graduated from here, should support all your sports, not just football or not just basketball. So don't get mad at me because I'm a UNC Hoops fan, but I don't give a damn about any of their other sports. I didn't grow up with their other sports. I grew up with North Carolina Hoops. And I've been a fan of North Carolina Hoops for an extremely long time. I remember one of my favorite players, Sam Perkins. Not not Jordan, not Worthy, but my earliest recollections of basketball and, and liking basketball and liking um, basketball teams, Sam Perkins. Now, just for full disclosure, my first team that I loved was Georgetown, the Georgetown Hoyas. That was the first team I fell in love with. But as I began to, to know more about basketball and study basketball and play basketball, I just naturally gravitated towards the Tar Heels. And blue happens to be my favorite color. That shade of blue happens to be my favorite color. I'm sure that North Carolina has something to do with that. But I'm not going to let you people out here shame me about being a, 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 a North Carolina Tar Heels fan and a Lakers fan and a Florida State football fan and a Yankees fan and a Tampa Bay Lightning fan. Oh, well, why don't you like the Rays? I don't like the Rays because the Rays don't try to win all the time. And I grew up with the Yankees. I didn't grow I'm not supposed to jump allegiances just because Tampa decided to put a baseball team in St. Pete. Like, like what, what are we doing here? That's not what we're that's not what it's about. So I'm gonna like who I like, and everybody else should like who they like. And if that means that you like a, a, the football team of one school and the basketball team of another school and the baseball team of another school and the soccer. You have 100% as your right as a fan. Nobody can tell you how to fan. And don't let these alumni try to try to try to like bully you into, into thinking that you're less of a fan because you didn't go to the school. What a crock. I'm sorry that you came from 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 those means that you were able to go to the to go to the school that I root for. Like that's great. Congratulations to you. Doesn't make you a better fan. Let's go knowledge for knowledge. I bet I know more about North Carolina's history and their basketball team than most of their alumni do. Those true fans. So that's the thing. And so I watched my Tar Heels go to the Final Four in rather impressive fashion all the way through. And as the cherry on top, we get Duke. Yes, I said we. No, I don't care if you think it's if it's if it's cachet. You know why? Because my fandom has never gotten in the way of me doing my job. I can't say that about a lot of journalists. I can't say that about a lot of people in the space. A lot of people in the space, their fandom gets in the way of them doing their job. And, and that's wrong. 
That shouldn't happen. My fandom doesn't do that. I am completely and totally critical of North Carolina's basketball team when 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 warranted. Didn't like the way that I didn't like the way Hubert Davis handled his opening press conference. As a man, as a fan, as a as an analyst, as a journalist, I thought it was really really meh. Then I didn't like the way the team played. They were soft. They didn't play with any pace. All of a sudden, they're a half-court team. When was the last time you saw a half-court North Carolina team? One game, they score a bunch of points. The next game, they score 50, 50-something. I wasn't impressed. They flukishly got into the tournament. I didn't think they deserved to be in over Texas A&M. But they got in. And when they got in, they got hot. And shout out to Hubert Davis, who I have, at every turn, giving credit to everybody but him. But you got to give credit to the man when the man's in charge and they're playing like this. Whatever he did to get them to flip that switch, keep flipping it, my guy, because a championship is coming and this is not even the best team that North Carolina is going to field under Hubert Davis. Because the one thing we know is when the Blue Bloods start winning championships, the recruits come. That's what we know. So I'm excited. I'm excited for next weekend. And for that subsequent Monday, hopefully. Especially if you could knock out. If we if if the Tar Heels can send Coach K into retirement. Oh my gosh. I haven't even talked about the other game. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to tune into the Zebra Strikes podcast for that. I haven't even talked about the other game. Uh, you know, one of the other things that happened last night was um Will Smith slapped the living hell out of um out of Chris Rock. Um, so it's clear I actually really like Chris Rock and I really like Will Smith. And not just as actors or as a comedian. I like them as like the people that they've become over the years or that they've always been. The things that they've let us see. I've liked it. And I read Will Smith's book. So I have a, a, I feel like I have a little bit more insight into who he is and how he kicks his game. I have no clue how Chris Rock thought that was going to be accepted well. Did Chris Rock not know what was going on with, with Jada Pinkett Smith? Is Chris not has Chris Rock not been paying attention to, you know, how Will Smith is kicking his game? I just felt like it was it was tasteless. And I feel like as a comedian, and, and I think here's the cool thing about it. Here's why I don't think. Um, Chris Rock lost his mind over it because Chris Rock at the heart of who he is is a comedian and he knows that as a comedian there's a line and you're constantly flirting with the line right but you could go over the line and Chris Rock went over the line and when he went over the line he got pulled back Right? He he got pulled back. Chris Rock 
got to the line, took a, um, you know, took a chance on a joke. He may have even landed the joke. The joke may have been funny to other people in the audience. But when you do a joke about a person and they're in the audience and their husband's in the audience, you have to expect the reaction by one of them. Especially if it's Jada and Will. Remember Jada wanting to boycott the the Oscars because because Will hadn't received a, a nomination for a concussion, I believe. Like these two, for for whatever their relationship is, they are ride or die for each other. They are ride or die for each other. So when you say some slick stuff, you better be ready for the consequences. And I think, to his credit, I, I think that Chris Rock is. And so he was like, you know what? I went too far. I probably deserve to get slapped for that. Thank God, right, that Will Smith didn't go up there and just start unloading hands on this man. Like, I don't know if y'all know anything about boxing, but when you start training in boxing, it has a, a, a significant effect on how you throw a punch. So no, Will Smith is not a real boxer, right? He's not a real boxer. He only played a boxer, but he had to train in order to be able to move and do everything like a boxer. He had to train for a couple years at boxing to make it believable. And by doing that, that means this dude knows how to throw a legitimate punch. He knows how to throw a legitimate punch. And there's a difference between throwing your wild ass, goofy, I'm in a fight punches versus throwing a real legitimate punch. Because when a real legitimate punch lands flush to your jaw, you go to sleep unless you are built to take real legitimate punches. So Will Smith walking up there with Chris Rock not knowing what Will Smith is going to do and his defense is down. I don't know why they were down. He just made a joke about this man's wife. That's another story. With those defenses down, if Will Smith lines up a punch and hits that man square on the jaw and puts him to sleep, you got to cut you got to cut the commercial. All hell's broken loose. You got to cut the commercial. You got to take Will Smith away in handcuffs on a night that he won the Oscar for Best Actor. How insane is that? Truth and a hey, truth and consequences, right? The truth is, was the joke funny? Possibly. But that don't mean it's funny to everybody. And when you're a comedian, you got to know what you're getting into. Lesson learned. Let's hope so. 
And by the way, let's hope that you know the apology that will that will um, offer. Let's hope that Chris Rock accepts it because Chris Rock was wrong for the joke. Like it's only jokes. They're only jokes if the people you are joking on are laughing. Once the people that you are joking on are no longer laughing, then it, it ceases to be a joke. It ceases to be a joke. Now, now it's just making fun of. You know what's a joke right now? The Lakers, um, the Lakers season is a joke right now. And unfortunately, I don't know how they salvage this season. Even even when they go into the play-in games and probably beat the teams in order to get into the in, into the playoffs, does anybody believe they have enough? I mean, Anthony Davis comes back, maybe, maybe. But does anyone really believe they have enough to to beat the one seed, to beat the the Phoenix Suns? I find it hard. I find it hard to believe. And because I find it hard to believe, consequences are coming. And the truth is, these consequences probably should have came a couple years ago, right? Because the coach of the Lakers doesn't seem to know how to make pieces fit offensively. And everybody knows in basketball that your defense gets better when your offense is popping. Now, part of that is hard to make those pieces work with Anthony Davis always on the sideline. But guess what? Consequences. There may be, there may have to be some shopping of Anthony Davis to see what you can get in return for him if he can't stay on the court. I don't like it. I don't think that's the way to go. I think you have LeBron, you have AD, figure the rest out. But I can't deny these are issues. Now, do I think the Lakers should be looking to blow it up next year? No, and here's why. They have young players that are getting tons of minutes. We've seen what Malik Monk can be now that he's playing with legitimate basketball players. Now that he's getting a legitimate chance to play a a role. I think you have to allow those people to grow. One of the, the one of the things that we miss about the pro game is is while those 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 young pieces you're you're putting together and sending them all over the place to get proven veteran talent, those young guys are getting older and older, more mature, better at their game. And then they're ended up landing on teams where they're major factors. Because the initial team they were on didn't have the foresight to say, we can't do this thing for right now or for a year from now. We got to do this for two, three, and four years. 
And I think that if they did that, you would have seen much better results. Like, I really do believe that when the Lakers traded for AD, I was like, that was a year too soon. Because you're going to get AD anyway in free agency. So why mortgage everything away for him, right? But they did. And all of that young talent they had that by themselves were not a good team, but when you add a healthy LeBron James in, makes them a good team. And then if you added in an Anthony Davis via free agency, and then you let those guys mature again some more, now you've got a mature Ingram, a mature Randall, a mature Lonzo Ball, a, ma- a more mature Kuzma, guys who are coming off the bench who can be starters other places. See, that's the that's the key. It's depth. Depth is the key. And the Lakers don't have that because every time they start to build a little depth, they try to sell them off for a starter. I'm not here to I'm not here to diss Russell Westbrook. Cause I like his game. I like him as a ball player. I like how hard he plays. Is he the smartest basketball player in the world? Absolutely not. But I like the way he plays. I like his ferocity. But a move for Russell Westbrook doesn't make the Lakers better. Because all it does is shift pieces to a guy who doesn't know how to play the pieces correctly. So would they have been better served by using that money to add another piece and then keeping keeping those guys that they already had to grow, to gel as a unit. Hell, why is Milwaukee, why does Milwaukee play well? They've they've had their same core guys together now for three years, four years. Why is Phoenix doing what they're doing? They've had their same core guys together now for a couple years. The teams with continuity who are able to gel, they have success. And the Lakers are not. Because they don't have any continuity. Because they don't ever get to play together because they're hurt or they're being traded or whatever. So, I don't know. Consequences come with these actions. You can't have LeBron James on your team and end up as like a 10 seed or a 9 seed. No, no, no. They're going to get you out the paint. Sorry, my guy. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, this week. Um, I am on spring break, so lots of content coming. Um, quite a few pods and, and columns on the on, on the horizon. Um, I, I know I'll be on the, the Locked In Giants podcast with um, Patricia Trainer later on this week, so make sure you look out for that as we talk um, Barkley and all things Giants. Um, I owe a couple, I owe a couple podcasts for my gene therapy fans. You're going to see, you know what? I'm not going to say it cause I've been saying stuff and then I don't deliver. So I'm gonna make sure I deliver first. And then I'm going to come on here and drop a bunch of comments. Um, zebra stripes podcast will be getting recorded tonight. So you can look for that this evening as well. 
And, and obviously, you know, if you follow me on Facebook, check the reels out. I'm bringing my comedy in. I'm, I'm still going to give you the plays, but, you know, trying to diversify. Um, and, and as always, you know, keep it locked here for Talk Spicy because I'm Coach Gene Clemens. We do this thing a few times a week. Rate the show, comment, agree, disagree, whatever you do, keep it spicy. Five-star ratings are appreciated. And if you're joining me on the YouTube channel, I need y'all to start subscribing because y'all are watching. But the subscribers are starting to drop. Like, not drop off, but the amount of new subscribers. So I need you to tell a friend. Um, If you're on Facebook, make sure that you are following the page. Until next time, peace.